podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and this afternoon I am delighted to be joined by John Yogi Hughes and Paddy Sinnott. Paddy, welcome home. Welcome back to Hello. Axon. How you ah, been? It's good. It's Aye, been a good, while. Man, good. Aye, it's been, I think, since, um, what, March? Is it that long? Is it March, I think? Potentially, well, yes. Yeah. I'm um, still the manager, we're still going for a treble. Um, I've since moved house and moved jobs, so I, a lot a lot been going on. Oh wow! So Ange Postecoglou was still the gaffer the last time you he were on Axon. The there you go. Yeah. It shows you how quickly these things change, doesn't it? And I think um, obviously the, the changes are continuing. We're going to be talking about some of them today. Uh, talking about some of the long-term deals that we're getting in place. Atati and O'Reilly hopefully uh, will be next. Who replaces Joe Hart against Motherwell? John, uh, what kind of world do we live in when we can't even watch that on the telly? Yeah. Uh, bizarrely, unless we do a PPV through Motherwell TV, um, it shows you how bad the, the Scottish game is run. Sorry, I've just verged into uh, negative territory there, John. We'll get back onto the positivity and I'll be sitting. And we'll be joined by James McKenzie, who's having Wi Fi issues at the moment. So, us three will run it for a while. Let's kick off, John, with uh, the poll. Yeah. Uh, we like a Twitter poll, don't we? What yeah, have you been up to? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I did uh, my. my... Theory was really what's our best uh, eleven, um, essentially when everyone's fit. Not really uh, focusing on position, but just you know getting our best eleven players in on the pitch and what best suits them. So I offered a four three three, a three five two, a four two three one, and a four four two, and a four three three came out on top, but. People were picking guys who are not currently available. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, again, I just I, I did it myself as well as an exercise because I, I think we seem to be stuck in this uh, playing with wingers, uh, you know, situation where the wingers are no longer our best players. At mm-hmm. one point, they were. So, except, if except you are, Mader. except uh, Mader. So, eighty-five well, percent shooting accuracy. But I mean, he's he's, uh, he's not a winger, though, technically, right? We've got him on the wing, but it's yeah. a winger, right? So he's not played that way for his international side. I'm not sure he should be played that way for us because certainly he, he, he can't really cross the ball, you know, beat a man. Clearly, I think most people think he'd be better through the middle. So, mm. you know, so I was thinking, what's the best way to get our 11 best players on the park? Um, and for me, sitting, you know, scouring through the squad, with one exception, uh, I think at the moment with the people who are fit, it would be a three-five-two, or essentially it's a three-two-three-two, depending mm-hmm. on whether you're in and out of possession. But at the back, you've got uh, the the three would be AJ Phillips and Scales. So Scales has played left back. AJ's yeah. played on the right hand side of a back three. 
so that takes care of that. Now, the one big miss out of that is Greg Taylor, uh, and he's the only one of our better players, I think, misses out in this formation. So if you then play uh, two in front of that defensively with Awata and Kalmak, uh, and then in front of them, you've got a three of O'Reilly, uh, Turnbull slash Bernardo and Hitati, and then a front two of Kyogo and Maeda. Now, we don't have wingers there, but what we do have is all of our best players bar one, uh, as it currently stands, and Kyogo can go wide, Maeda can go wide, O'Reilly's capable of playing wide, as is Hitati. Uh, so we, we can generate width in the team, it doesn't have to be narrow, but I, I don't know, and it was really when James Forrest came up the other day as a selection, mm-hmm. and I'm not slagging James, I, I've, de- I've defended James to the hilt, I'm never going to give someone a hard time who is uh, has done as much for the club as James has, but at the same time, why why does he need to be there? Uh, and why, you know, and again, we're playing Maeda essentially out of position for me, and if we're saying that he's, you know, I mean, that finish was fantastic, and his, his second, you know, when Kyogo crosses the ball in and Maeda brilliantly traps it with his backside and bumps it back uh, towards uh, O'Reilly, uh, the man who puts the ass into assist. Uh, so, <laughs> basically, uh, it, was a, it was a lovely um, uh, uh, bit of play, where even inadvertently. But why do we need to be still be fixated on Ange's 4-3-3 if wingers are no longer our best players? So I was just wondering, really, what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, I, I think it's a gradual thing, John, because it was um, maybe Kevin, I think Kevin the other day mentioned playing a different formation. And then that discussion, that conversation, uh, kind of filtered into yesterday's chat with uh, Liam and Lawrence. And the point I made was, and it wasn't a criticism, the guy was great. Ange probably wouldn't have entertained that idea because there was a very rigid uh, shape. Um, whereas Brendan, I think, and particularly in-game, and like you say, in possession, you can play two different formations throughout a match when you're defending and in possession. So I, I can see him um, subscribing to that. And you're right about the wingers because previously, you know, and a lot of that is down to injuries, but also you've lost Jaw, you've lost a very special player there. So you, you you want to play to his strengths and you want to play with the wingers because they are effective for you. But now we've got a situation, even though we've brought in quite a few um, on the wing, a situation where we go into that game at the weekend and James Forrest starts. You brought it up, John, and, and I agree with you. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of James Forrest. I know he doesn't um, or shouldn't expect to play a huge amount of games or start a huge amount of games. But there are certain games that I think to myself, you know what, you need someone who not knows the city, knows the pitch, somebody who knows the pitch, somebody who can go to Almondville or the Tony Macaroni um, and get through that game without being shell-shocked or have a shocker. And when you've got a lot of new players, that's always my concern, that you can go to these places and, and you don't you haven't been through it before. Tynecastle might be one of those. Ibrox, I felt, was one of those, unless your name's Alistair Johnson, that might frighten the life out of you. Uh, nothing frightens him. Um, so I could see some of the benefits behind James A. Forrest, I actually felt a wee bit sorry for him, John, when he went off. I thought to myself, Joe Hart has done you here, by the way, James A. Boy. But, but didn't, um, didn't it work out for the best, though? No, know, it did. In it terms did, of, yeah. Because that, that meant they made the mistake of thinking then they could play football against us. 
Uh-huh. Do you know, it's, I mean, not, it's not the way you want to learn, is it? Going down to 10 men every, every no, week to learn that you can play I mean, I saw someone commenting on my own social <laughs> saying, you know, if people actually played against us, we could win every week with 10 men. Uh, <laughs> no, John, know, that, that's a good up. point. That's a good point. If, if people try to play football against us, you're right, we could even go down to 10 men and win the game. Um, but in terms of the shape, I think it's something, I'll come to you first, Paddy, I think it's something that Brendan might deploy, um, possibly even against Lazio at home. I think he will look at a different shape. Uh, part of that might be down to the injury crisis, obviously. Um, and as John says, you've got guys there that I think can come inside. You've got scales, obviously, can play there, you know, and he can go go wide when necessary. Johnson can tuck in and go back to his right-back position where necessary. Uh, but I do think it's something that Rodgers will be prepared to do in Europe. What's your thoughts? No, 100%. And he's shown that that's something he's he's not afraid to do either. Um, we witnessed it against Livingston on, on Wednesday, on Saturday. How we just kind of masterminded that um, 10-man team to go into a 3-0 win. It was unreal. And, and the, the good thing... That I'd seen as soon as we went out to 10 men, he pulls Carl McGregor in and immediately starts to tell him, Right, this is what we're changing, right. this is what we're going to do. It was incredible. And and right from the, the, the get go, you could see uh, the team were already organised, they knew their role, they knew, they knew their, their job, and it was it was brilliant to watch. And it was reminiscent of um, when was uh, Simunovic was sent off at Ibrox in his first time. Um, yeah. He immediately pulled out Scott Brown. Chatting to Scott Brown, and then halfway through, was it the second half? He brought on Edward and just blew blew, blew the game wide open. So no, he's definitely he's more open to changing the formation. Andrew just would never do it, regardless. He was that was the one thing I think maybe frustrated a lot of fans, especially going to Europe, that he was so adamant he was sticking to his style, and it was a brilliant style. We all loved it, but we took a couple of sore faces, and um, and when we, when we looked at how we played against Feyenoord last week, we were very comfortable. Very comfortable um, until we lost that goal and that that, um, that red card, which I thought wasn't a red card anyway, but that wasn't the issue. It was the first yellow card that was the issue. Went to the Lager Bielka. Um, I've waffled there a wee bit, and I was going to get to a point, and I forgot what it was. See, I'm a bit rusty. <laughs> since the last time I've been on. Um, you been on the James I, before? Is this the first I, time I, I was, you've, you've been on the James? It is. Celtic centre defence here, aye, aye. Just I, I chucking, was, the, chucking the boys to together, a, John. I know I was looking up to a big crescendo there, but I fell flat in my face. So I'll pass on to James when it comes back to me. I'll, I'll, I'll get to you. I've got a couple of notes here, but I went right off course. No, <laughs> anyway, that's absolutely change. fine. We will definitely change, I think, for Lazio. Yeah, I think we've seen enough of that against Final. James obviously has been working uh, feverishly working away on the blog. Check it out, by the way. The, the link is underneath this video. Uh, looking at every game, um, try to look at every single potential change that might or might not happen before a game. Did they work? You look at that after the game. And uh, one of the things you've been obviously looking at is that performance against Feyenoord, James, where I, I agree with Paddy. I think that the way that we approached it was the right way. Uh, it wasn't that cavalier, um, which is something that you know you can get picked away at in Europe, particularly if you do approach it like that. Uh, but I think it was far more pragmatic. I, I think there was a game plan. And, and there's going to be periods of games, not even just in Europe, but domestically, where... In terms of the entertainment or maybe that that creative free-flowing style up top in the final third, we're not going to see as much of that, but we might still get the results the way that we want to get the results. And I think Brendan's shown us that over the last few weeks, uh, James. Yeah, the first half against Feyenoord was pretty similar to the second half against Livingston in that 
the midfield has to be solid. They have to have the fight. They have to be gritty for it to work. And it was it was pretty similar. Livingston in that second half, they couldn't really get past the Celtic midfield just because of how much they dug in and they were really up for the challenge. But when I looked at that final game, there was a lot more encouragement for me to take from it than negative. I don't know if that's just me just sort of walking, sleepwalking through it. But uh, Lazio have had a terrible start to their season. I don't know if anybody's been keeping an eye on it over there. I think it's their worst start like over 20 years. So we could give them a go. It would be interesting if we did revert to a 3-5-2. I think mm. things are starting to click now. So I, I wouldn't want to change the formation just yet. Where You'd mentioned dropping Greg Taylor. I think he's just starting to hit his stride this season. I don't think you want to take him out of the team and kill that momentum that he's starting to build up. But Brendan Rodgers, we know he loves to change things up. Little tweaks to people's games can really change them. We saw that with Joe Hart in the first few weeks of this season. And then you've seen it with Taylor and McGregor in the last few weeks. They didn't have the greatest of starts to the season. Rodgers reintroduces slightly the inverted fullback role and you see incredible benefits to Taylor and McGregor's game. They've come leaps and bounds over the last few weeks. But I think for that Lazio game, I'm going to be keeping fingers crossed that Cameron Carter-Vickers might be back. The the date, there's no date that's been set, but the time frame we've been given is early October. Lazio mm-hmm. game is, I think it's the 3rd or the 4th of October. I might be wrong there. I might be too quick to rush him in there, but if Cameron Carter-Vickers is available for a game, even for 60 minutes in the Champions League, You've got to have them in the team, I think. Yeah, that's a good discussion point. I'm going to throw that out to the guys. But to uh, you know, answer John's question, when all, all the players are fit and you can play any kind of shape you want, what is your team? Well, John, I've, just, I've been thinking about it. There's actually a couple of areas of that pitch that I'm not sure about, and that worries me a wee bit, right? So Joe Hart's my goalie, and he will be my goalie. And we'll talk about you know the fact that he's not going to be playing against Motherwell at the weekend. And, you know, there's this, I think um, you just think, well, Scott Bain will replace him because he was on the bench at the weekend. He's in the Champions League squad. Is it is it an opportunity to maybe play Seagrist? You're not going to get many. Um, anyway, we'll come back to that. So I would play Joe Hart. I, I'm going to stick at the back with my, with my two inverted fullbacks with Alistair Johnson and Greg Taylor. I think Taylor's come back to his, his kind of best in recent weeks. And that's because we're now playing to his strengths. AJ, I don't think... His performances are down to him playing inverted. I just think he's a monster. I think he's a great right back. He can get on doing that line. He should have scored a couple against Dundee. Um, so you just let him do what he wants. And and uh, there was a comment about uh, his performance against Livingston where he, he realised pretty early on he wasn't going to get the better physically with the Livingston forward. So he just changed tact a wee bit and he adapted. Now, the first area that I'm most sure of, John, if everybody's fit, obviously Carter Vickers is playing. But who plays alongside them, right? So, on form, it scales. On form, you can't. I don't think you can argue it scales. When you look at the roster and you think, right, who did we buy to replace Starfield? We bought Novroski, didn't we? And then we brought in Phillips as an emergency because he's got the Champions League experience because he's played at the top flight in England. But if I'm going to be totally fair and say it's on form, you've got to play scales. I can't drop him at the moment. So, I'm going to run with scales at the minute when everybody's fit. Haven't seen enough of Novroski. Haven't seen enough of Phillips in a Celtic jersey. My midfield three would still be the diamond. It would still be Hitati, McGregor and O'Reilly. And if everybody was fit, it's a bad Akiogo and Maida for me. Um, 
Abada being out, I think the, the second question mark in my team is who plays on the right. I'm not I don't think we've got a, an immediate starter because it's not it's no forest. Um Yang's played pretty well. Palmer's only played a couple of games. Um and then under underneath Palmer, you're you're moving into the territory, maybe bringing in somebody like Rocco Vata. So it, it's Abad as your first choice. I don't know who your second choice is yet. I, I would be interested to hear your thoughts on that, John. Who who do you well, think is underneath I mean, I, the bad if you do play yeah, winners? This is this is the thing. You see, this is why I'm saying, you know, three five two, because I don't think we've got the wingers. I really don't think we've got the wingers anymore. So if you're looking at Yang, and I'm not trying to criticize players who have just been in the door for a minute, what I'm saying is are these guys difference makers? Are they mm. make a difference and improve us? Not are they going to gradually get better? So as it stands right now, uh, Yang looks extremely raw. Uh, he's got, he's obviously got a trick. Uh, he can get past people, uh, but his end product looks quite sketchy. Uh, Palmer on the other side, as I say, his issue, uh, where you know, for the minutes he has played, he looks like he looks a decent player, but he was very Haxabanovich like in terms of uh, he just looks slow. He doesn't look to offer you what a traditional winger offers. So if he doesn't offer you what a traditional winger offers you, then why, you know, we have better midfielders. You know what I mean? So what? Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm not I'm not sure where you go, but because our situation with the wingers at the moment just isn't good for me. It's not. I don't think we have guys in there who are making a positive difference or will make a positive difference to the team. I you know because if it's just pass and move is all they're doing. We've got midfielders that can pass and move. You know, yeah. if, if they're not running past people, uh, if they're not you know, dribbling past people, then, you know, again, we have midfielders that can do that and it gives us a far more, far more strength and depth in the midfield. You know, because if we play that 3-5-2, for instance, and, you know, I'm not talking about when everyone's fit, I'm talking about right now, you know, yeah. Awata can drop back into the, the back three and make it a back four and then we've still got all our best midfielders in the team. You know who can spread out, go wide, and still get Kyogo and Maeda. You know, I, I mean, Kyogo is probably uh, a, a better uh, winger than most of the other wingers that we have at the moment. So is Maeda. Uh, so, you know, un- underneath them, I don't think we've got, you know, really anyone who's going to improve things. So, I'm not sure there is a fallback position as things stand at the moment. I know Tilio was due to come back in. And I never so mentioned bit, Tilio. Yeah, I never yeah, mentioned Yeah, him. so that, that, that was concerning. Uh, just, you know, I know it's very, very early and the boy's been out injured, but that uh, he paid the testimonial game and apparently didn't really show very much. Um, and we've all been waiting for him to come back with the second coming. I also didn't realise he was like Jinky Johnson size. You know, he's, he's I noticed not that in the team lad. group. He was yeah, sitting yeah, next yeah. to Palmer. Aye, yeah, Palmer's he, a lot, a lot bigger than him. Yeah, um, so he's not, he's not a big lad. So I, I, I don't know, guys. I, I, um, I'm surprised actually with Brendan being, you know, more flexible, far, far more flexible than Ange, uh, that he hasn't already made a sort of similar decision to this. But at the same time, you can't complain with how he set things up so far, um, because it, it has worked, and it, you know, especially. You know, we didn't offer anything creatively against Feyenoord, but we didn't look as if we were going to leak a ton of goals, um, which is always, you know, especially away from home, that's the big the big fear. We just didn't look as if we were going to leak a ton of goals until people started getting sent off. So I've got no complaints about the way he set it up, but we're gradually losing people as well. And by the way, can I just, 
ask the question. You know, we're now we're now stuck with bomb scare Bane. So can I just ask the question? What has happened to Segrist? Does anyone know? Well, it is a good question, and I think you need to talk about it for Motherwell because John, we're in that scenario where we've seen how you can go to a situation like against Feyenoord where we finish the game with our eighth choice centre half in Awata. Awata's our eighth choice centre half, and he was playing at the end of the game against Feyenoord. We've seen how that can happen uh, over a period of a couple of weeks. And we've, we've got an inkling with Joe Hart getting sent off. We're going to have to play a backup. And I actually, I would flip it and I would play Seagrass at the weekend. And it's not because, it's not a slight on Scott Bain. I just think you need everybody to get as much game time as possible. And I think Scott Bain's had a, um, when did he get sent off? 28 minutes, did he? Uh, half an hour. So he's, he's had an hour yeah. of football at the weekend there, Scott Bain. And I think Seagrist has got to come in, John, because it's not healthy to go a year, 18 months without playing competitive football for anybody. But what's happened to him? I think initially it was an injury and then he was fit as of January last year, having played two League Cup games. And there were some personal issues that kept him at the side. So he's not in the Champions League squad. Some people might point that out in the comments. Why play him if he's not in the Champions League? And I just think that you need to have games in the legs. And I'm going to, I mean, there's a few other players that I think fall into that category. But I, I would actually go for Segrist based on that. John, what about yourself? Would you still go with Bain or would you play Segrist? Well, I think Segrist's only contribution of note in the last about six months was showing Joe Hart the red card during the team photo. Joe wasn't uh, happy, was he? Uh, no, he was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> he did not take it well. Uh, so, you know, it didn't look like they were big buddies or Joe was appreciating the banter. He just gave him that so, stare. Aye. For, for, me, for me, that made it much funnier. <laughs> he gave but, him a trip anyway, yard gaze, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, you, you, you can't... We haven't seen anything of Segrist. So Segrist came in to be second choice. Spain was supposed mm-hmm. to be third choice. Now, if you can't establish yourself as a solid second choice in front of Bain, what are you doing during training? Do you know what I mean? Because Bain comes on there and immediately starts, you know, he gets caught with a ball at his feet, nearly gives away a goal, he's dropping balls, he's, you know, he's coming for balls and every time he comes for one, you think, you know, you start doing the sign of the cross. You know, it's, it's you know, it's not a good situation there. And that's why I'm asking what's happened to Segrist. Is there some... Is there something there? You know, I, I know there was personal issues and stuff, but I mean, he, he's been told he's here now. He has to oh, stay. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, what, is he seriously not showing any more in training than Bain is? Because that is saying something about the boy. You know, that's pretty worrying, to be fair. Yeah. And I think my only, my only concern is to um, have no option other than, and that, that's what we're going into against Muller. Obviously, Seagrass will be on the bench. What's your, what's your take on it, Paddy, uh, in relation to Joe Hart? I, I actually think, I think Joe Hart's had a good season. Um, but I was reading one of James's blogs this morning, and, and you rightly point out, James, that you know there was some criticism placed on his shoulders in relation to the free kick against Feyenoord and how we, we, we kind of set up. But some of that criticism has been on the players who were in the wall um, as well, and then he gets sent off. But in terms of howlers... You know, howlers where we've seen it in the past, Paddy, he's spending too much time with the ball at his feet. We've not seen much of that. And in actual fact, I think we've seen a lot more pivotal saves in games. I think we've seen saves probably in the four domestic games where we've kept clean sheets, where he's had a good save, at least one good save in every game. Um, And and against Livingston, that changes the game, doesn't it? If they score that goal, he he had a brilliant save after Scales misjudged the, the, the header. So I think he's had a good season. 
Um, but now that he's out and we know he's out, who do you play and why? What's your thoughts on that, Paddy? It's 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 a you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. It's got to be bane for me. Um, I mean, I, I was I was working on um, transfer deadline day and there was talk of Seagrass was wanting to actually leave the club, but he was told he was to stay. That, that was the right. kind of the, the sort of stuff that I was hearing. Um, so I, I don't know if that's true or not. It's just stuff that I'd heard um, or, or read in a report. I think it was from. Stephen McGowan, I can't exactly remember that he actually wanted to leave the club, but he was told to stay. So there's there's, there's obviously an issue there. Um, so whether he's he's still 100% committed to the club or not, I don't know. Um, if he's not, then he can't play because he won't be completely focused. So that leaves us with Scott Bain. Um, and for me, I'm not entirely happy with that either because he's, he's, he's just not reliable enough. Um, we've seen it at the end of last season, I think, against Hibs in the 4-2 defeat. It could have been a lot. It could have been a lot, um, a lot better at two of their goals. Um, I, I would say, and then like you say, like John mentioned there against against Livingston, or was it you yourself, Paul John? It said that he, he almost let one in when he tried to control the ball with his feet. I just don't feel confident with any of the two of them. Um, and if you'd asked me this last season when Seagrass Sieg- signed, I would have said he's probably wanted to take over for Joe Hart because he was so good for Edmundy United and he yeah. always seemed to turn up against us. He always turned up against us and he always played with his skin. So you'd think that as a brilliant backup. Um, but there's no denying the question needs to be, there's a question he's answered at Celtic Park this, and it's coming up in January, is what do we do about the Joe Hart situation? He's at a contract at the end of the year, he can't go on forever. He's 36, going on 37. I think he's got another year in him, another year to go. I think if we offered him an hour-year contract, he would still do a job for us. But we need to look for a long-term solution. And for me, what we have at the club right now isn't that answer. We need to go and, and, and try and get someone in. Um, and I, I think we need to get someone in in January. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the question that was posed to Brennan Rodgers around the transfers, I felt he was at the point where he was sick answering recruitment questions. It was almost as if, let's move on, guys, because I can't sign anybody until January. But when you, you watch, get the when sense... You watch these, sorry, Paul John, but when you watch his press conferences, there's the same questions he's asked every week. It's every no wonder he, and, and, and it was the same, I mean, I, I commented in, in our chat, like... Why is why is Brendan Rodgers getting asked about um, Harry Maguire at a Celtic pre- um, post match press conference? <laughs> I know, and you, and you think to yourself, have we not, I know, and, and he, he actually spoke for about five or six minutes about how good Harry Maguire is. What interest is that to us? Who cares? I know. <laughs> you know what I mean, I know. but then it's again, true. and then, uh, I, and then somebody's asked him again this weekend, what's happened with Cameron Carter Vickers? Well, he's still injured. He's told you before he's out and play. <laughs> That's right. And you're just like, they just bereft the ideas about to ask a manager. Do you know what I mean? So it's no wonder he looks bored. Dan's possibly called a little bored within six months. So, um, aye. He stopped. He stopped trying to hide it though, Paddy Ange, didn't he? Oh, he, he, yep. he just got to that point and it was head and hands and all this kind of stuff. By the way, before yep. I ask uh, James about Joe Hart, um, because I've obviously read your blog, James, I know what you're going to say. Um, there was a there was a point that John made about Maida controlling the ball with his backside and it, it made, or <laughs> laying a ball on, sorry, with his backside. There's been some great moments in the history of Celtic using that part of your, your body. John obviously Maravchik controlled his ball against Hearts. Remember that one. <laughs> and um, if it wasn't for that part of their anatomy, I don't think Kenny Dalglish or James Forrest would be the players that they became either because they were <laughs> tremendous at just shielding the ball with their bum cheeks. Uh, for Dembele, well, it's, it's, it's the first thing. It's, a, it's the first thing we all learn as children. 
Uh, because if you're playing against your older brothers or something like that, you can't get the ball off them, obviously, because he just turned around on you. And so, you know, it's, it's the very first thing we all learn. Aye, you're right. Aye. And you, then, as, as you have your own kids' party, as you'll know in the back garden, you do exactly the same to them. Um, you shield the ball. You shield the ball. But we're really that's, keen that's to hear. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, John Smith style. Um, Jungle Lion, you're in nice and early. Hello from stormy Dublin. Um, it seems to be a bit stormy um, all around the place. To be fair, Stevie Sloan. I bet we give Hart a new contract. I can see it happening. Where is our ambition? Well, on the flip side of that, Paddy's already mentioned maybe the reasons why we would do it. I think if you bring in a a kind of younger goalie, let's say. Um, January or maybe in the summertime, I can see the thinking and the reasoning behind giving Hart a contract. For example, if we bring somebody in and you think this is the future between the sticks, I would much rather keep Hart than the other two goalies we've got at the club, Bain and, and Segrist. I would much rather have Hart with the experience he's got. What's it? 75 England caps, loads of Champions League experience. Um, just didn't try and have a joke with him because he's got no sense of humour. And I think he could help a young goalie coming through as well. James McKenzie, what's your thoughts on the goalkeeper situation this Saturday? Well, this Saturday I think it'll probably be Scott Bain. I'll begrudgingly say that. I'm not his biggest fan. I think the last game he started for Celtic was that 4-2 loss at Hibs, where I remember they made they might have made more than one. I remember one error standing out to me, but they basically pushed the goal in his own net. But there might have been one or two more coming after that one. And Seagrass have just not seen him. I think he might have started a cup game maybe two months into his Celtic career and then that was it. We've not seen much of Benjamin Segrist at all, which I was surprised about because he was one of the better goalkeepers in the league when we signed him, at least when you were in the bigger games for Dundee United, especially when the, the team was going to be under the cosh against a Celtic mm. or Rangers. He would always step up and put in a big performance. So I'm surprised that we've not seen as much. I mean, I think we signed him at about 29-30 as well, which... Is a decent age for a goalkeeper, but I will probably be Scott Bain this weekend. Just on the goalkeeper situation in general, you can check my article out on the on the blog axon.net. But I think shameless we plug. Should, we should, <laughs> I've got to be shameless. Um, I think we should have signed a goalkeeper in the summer. We should have signed one, but I think Joe Hart. We've seen some positive starts the first few weeks of this season. Brendan Rodgers has taken a lot of this stress off of his shoulders that was trying to play out from the back because that's where the mistakes were creeping into his game and as much as it was a positive start to the season I've seen a couple of clangers in the space of a week which has reaffirmed that as much as Hart has been playing well the mistakes are still there and as I mentioned in the blog the at the highest level those mistakes are going to cost you they cost us in the Champions League last year it, so it did cost us technically against Feyenoord and I think if you're talking about European progress which we questioned the transfer window anyway I think our goalkeeper's got to be on the agenda I don't think it's going to be in January Rodgers has reaffirmed his trust in Joe Hart uh, on countless times I think in the media so I think if our goalkeeper is going to come in it will be a job for next summer as much as I'd like us to get one in January I think it's going to be our next summer job but I'd like Last to see season. Hart around sorry on you go I think Having a player who's had, I'm certain he'll have over 50 caps for the England national team, definitely. But if you can keep him around, so even just having him around Lennox Town as an experienced figure there, because I'd imagine no doubt he wants to go into coaching eventually after he's done his career. So if you, he's a good player to keep around, you don't want to keep around the club. 
There was a yeah. good video put on um, Celtic YouTube a couple of months ago where Hart was recorded coaching Toby all the way in uh, mm. in training. And you could see what Hart can bring, um, not just on the park, but obviously behind the scenes. And, and the coaching was getting the young guy was, was brilliant. I mean, it was a brief clip for maybe 20, 30 seconds, but you can see what Hart brings to, brings to the team or brings to the squad as well through that. So that's why I think he should be offered another year's contract because there's so much more to the guy's game than just being a goalie or, or, or not being able to control the ball with his feet. He offers so much more behind the scenes. Well, of course he does because, you know, whether or not his body can still do it, he still knows what needs to be done. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I mean, he has all that experience. The fact that he just can't execute it the way he used to uh, is just a, a, you know, it's just a, a symptom of his age. Uh, and you know, we all get there. So, yeah, it would ideally, what you know, I would agree with uh, yourself, Paddy. I would love to see not a a young fella coming in and. Uh, really, in, in January, I'd love to see a first choice keeper coming in in yeah. January, because Joe's, you know, that's halfway through the season, really, and um, you know, Joe's potentially leaving at the end of the season, um, and if we give him, uh, if we seriously want to give him, you know, a, a new contract as first choice, uh, you know, with the implication that he's going to be first choice, I think that's disastrous stuff. Um, you know, for, for next year. Uh, we've already seen, uh, as James pointed out, he has done some great stuff because of the way that the, we've we've changed the style of our play. So we've, he's done some very good stuff. He's still capable of it, but he is more and more capable of making those mistakes, especially at the top level, because uh, he's just not as athletic as he, as he used to be. So, you know, a great coach, potentially great goalkeeper coach. Stevie Woods might want to fear for his job. Uh, so, you know, but in terms of number one keeper, definitely not. And, you know, he shouldn't have been that this year. Um, and he has been uh, revitalised just, just in the way that we are playing the game. But he's, he definitely shouldn't have been one number one choice coming into this year. Um, and he absolutely definitely shouldn't be number one choice next year. So, you know, I, I said... Oh, way back a couple of months ago that I thought we would spend, I thought a, a keeper could be our single most expensive buy in the transfer window. I thought we might spend eight, nine you know, million on a, on a keeper just because it's such a pivotal position uh, and it's so much more difficult because you know there's fewer of them and it's so much more difficult to get good value, get a good keeper. Uh, and I thought we'd spend an awful lot of money on a keeper, uh, and we didn't spend any at all. And now we're back to uh, uh, being, um, you know, bomb scaring us through games because uh, Joe Hart's out. And if Joe Hart got an injury, where would we be? You know, so we've we've got Bain bomb scaring us, and then we've got a guy who hasn't kicked a ball in God knows how long. Um, you know, and he he's an next in line, so it's not a good situation. So. You know, well, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, Ben keeps a clean sheet for us at the weekend, and then you know we'll worry about Joe Hart another day. The the thing with that worry is the fact that, that he's been so pivotal to the team over the last two years, John. I mean, last season yeah. only three games did he not play in the treble winning yeah. campaign, two in the League Cup played by Seagrest, and then that one game that James mentioned earlier. Uh, which was bizarre for a few reasons. Um, Dyson Maida had a bad night that night as well. <laughs> he was determined to get sent off. And of course, um, Scott Bain didn't have a good game that night. So Joe Hart has been pivotal. I mean, like you said, in terms of the experience, it's 75 caps for England. 
He's played at World Cups, uh, European Championships, 736 games of football competitively beyond that as well, club football. So by the end of this season, it'll be well over 750 appearances. And that's the kind of experience that I think is key. And I don't like keeping people around this, the park because they're good for the dressing room. But if they're able to um, you know, impart that knowledge and that advice and that guidance onto the next in line, then I think it, it's worthwhile doing that as well. You said something earlier, John, about the Haksabanovich um, Haksabanovic-esque and that, that's going to uh, enter the world of common parlance in, in terms of Celtic football language and vernacular because there is a certain Haksabanovic-esque um, element to some players. It's like when you talk about Samaras or Paddy McCourt, you can compare people to previous players and you know exactly what you mean. Big Samaras didn't fancy it against Ross County on a Tuesday night, play him against Barcelona and before you know it, the Barca fans want to sign him. Unbelievable. Uh, Paddy McCourt, cult icon because he had all the talent in the world, but he liked a wee uh, a bevy here and there and maybe didn't live his life the way he should have done. But what an entertaining player to watch was Paddy as well. Alan Robertson, great to hear from you, Alan. Assuming Nat Phillips is injured for Saturday, um, I'm pretty sure uh, one, of, one of the guys is at the he... press conference will ask him that, Alan. I don't know when he's coming is back. He, is he really? That's not been confirmed yet. It was no, nah, I don't. I don't think it's been confirmed yet. It was. It was. It was touch and go for for uh, Livingston. I reckon he'll be back for for Saturday. The worst emergency loan in history. <laughs> <laughs> the emergency loan is injured, um, yeah. and with you know one eye on Tuesday versus Lazio, who partners scales at centre back? It's a great question. Awata, Alistair Johnson. Listen, um, yeah. It's like calling an ambulance to a car crash and the ambulance comes and crashes straight into all the other cars. You know, <laughs> it has been. It's been un- unbelievable, John. Now, after the final game, I suggested a water because we had nobody else at that stage. It's, it's something I, I thought, well, why not get the game time between the partnership, even though Lagerbjörk is available for the Livingston and Mother, uh, Motherwell games, try and get a partnership that starts to identify with each other and get used to playing with each other. And that was my thinking behind it. I went down like a Led Zeppelin. Nobody agreed with me. So this weekend, um, obviously coming into the... Did you? There's one. There's one. Um, Going into this weekend, obviously with one eye on Lazio. I know Brennan Rodgers won't say he's got one eye on Lazio. It'll just be Motherwell focus. Um, Do you continue with Lagerbielk at the back in scales? Um, If Phillips does resume full fitness, does he come into the equation... Um, and then when, when Lazio come to Celtic Park, if Carter Vickers is fit, do you throw him straight in? John Hughes, there's lots to think about there. Yeah. You know, it's, again, really, you can't, if, if Langerbeel, is, is he, um, he's not, he's suspended for another game now, isn't he? So, you know, are, are you saying we're going to pay him against Lazio? I don't, I don't think we've really got any choice in the matter, have we? Um, you know, because who, who else is there? You know, dropping a water back in there—that's uh, not ideal. Uh, you know, we really are down to the bare bones uh, of that position, which is just ridiculous, really, given the number. Of, um, you know, again, where we are in the season and how important some of these games are. I mean, especially the games against Lazio, as James pointed out, Lazio are in disarray. This is a fantastic opportunity for us. And yeah, we are fighting all these injuries. Uh, people saying, oh, we can beat Ajax, sorry, beat Ajax, beat Feyenoord uh, at home. Well, Feyenoord were missing probably their two best players, certainly their one best player, who was a striker. Yeah. 
it's apparently going to be the next big thing. So that's not a guarantee at all. Uh, you know, because people just assume that we'll get better. They'll get better as well. You know, so um, we have to really, especially with the home games, but we have a chance to take away points against Lazio. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the squad is really threadbare, uh, which is an odd thing to say, given how many people we signed. I mean, how many bodies did we sign in that window? About 10? Yeah, you know, uh, yeah it was yeah, nine, nine players. Yeah, none of them, none of them are really... You know, straight into the squad, as you pointed out, uh, Paul John. Because I, uh, you know, I've been listening. Um, what did you say that uh, of the team that we put out the other day? There was only one player. Mm. Uh, you know, of, of the sort of new new signings, wasn't there? Um, and he wouldn't even have been playing uh, if everyone was fit. So yeah. the, the the signings in this transfer window, and in fact last year's transfer window, have been extremely poor. Uh, uh, so the old. Uh, the old sort of signing them and uh, you know uh, coaching them into better players and moving them on it's not working in the last wee while um, and it's not working to help us in this situation where we are just now because we are we're at the bare bones in certain positions in the park you know if something happens to Greg Taylor you know we're, we're in deep trouble uh, so James will be know, happy James Burnaby's the second coming of Christ honestly as much as and as much as that's never happening either, aye. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> to be fair, when Bernie becomes owner, the first thing I say is, oh, Christ. So I, I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> now, um, I, I, I did know I did know that it, there'd be loads of people agreeing with me about Seagrist in the in the comment section. Seagrist showing Hart the red card was world-class partner, says Danny. Uh, Joe Hart didn't think so. And Chill Pill, no chance Seagrist will get a start. Oh, you never know. I didn't think James Forrest would be starting at the weekend either. Um, Liam Devine, Bain fills a Scottish quota in the Champions League squad, absolutely, which is why he is preferential. Um, but yeah, you're right. But for the next five games, that that I think that's key. What happens if Bain gets an injury? You know, you, you need to have your third choice up to scratch, up to speed as well. And, and we spoke about this with the amount of guys who are on the fringes who just don't play football for months and months and months at a time. And there's a few people coming in. And by the way, I'm not going to be disrespectful to James McCarthy because I don't know if there is a an underlying issue uh, with James and the fact that he wasn't um, at the, the team group photograph yesterday, as Jean-Paul II pointed out, did you notice McCarthy wasn't in the team photo yesterday? I think James McCarthy, you know, I, I do have sympathy, right? And people might say, well, you know, he, he's getting his wages. Of course he is. That works both ways. You know, he, he comes to the club. There's no guarantee any player's going to be a success. And, and he picks up his wage because that was what the agreement was when we signed the player. It's not his fault that he's injury-prone, right? We knew he was injury-prone when we signed him. I mean, the start I, I pointed out a wee while ago was in the five years leading into us signing him for Everton and Crystal Palace, he averaged the equivalent of six, sorry, nine games of football a season for five years, yet we still signed him. We knew yeah. what his injury problems were like. And then since he's come to Celtic, and I've not included this season in this, in the two seasons that we've had him, he's averaged six games, Paddy if you're going to look at equivalent minutes. So that's not James McCarthy's fault. Um, but it does look a bit strange. I mean, it's, it has disappeared for the face of earth. And I don't like to go in too hard because the guy might be dealing with some personal issues that we don't know about. I mean, if we, if leave the personal issues aside, because like you say, we don't know. But if you look at it from a football point of view, he's never going to get an Celtic team. 
He's no. just it's just not going to happen. Um, if you look at him at a player that's in front of him in that position, you've got McGregor, Iwata, home for a start, Quan as well. Yeah. He's just no so effectively he's fifth choice midfielder. Mm-hmm. So what 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 he needs to ask himself is is he quite happy just sitting and, and waiting for a chance that he's never going to get, or does he want to go out and play football? Because what is he now? He's thirty two, maybe going on thirty three. So his time's running out. But like you say, that that I didn't know that average per season, seven or eight games per or eight or nine games per season. That's that's shocking. Over the course of five years, so yeah. looking even looking at that for, for teams to decide if they want to sign him, they're going to look at that and go, we're not going to get much out of him. Well, so from, get, from a footballing point of view, Paddy, isn't it? I mean, I said footballing. He might have personal issues. We don't know, but from a footballing point of view, he's still on eleven at the moment, um, and that might be harsh to say, but. You know, we gave him the opportunity to do that. It was our fault. We signed him when we were desperate. Desperation leads to mistakes. He was yeah. just a body we wanted in the door. Um, we paid him. We couldn't match the, the the wages he was on, so we gave him a ludicrously long contract on slightly less. And the you know, the upside of that with the young players that we do that to you know, and we've been trying to do that now with, with all the people we want to stay at the club, giving them lengthy contracts. There is a potentially massive upside to that, but the downside is James McCarthy. That's what happens. And the downside of that, you know, you just, you can't get them out the door because no one else will pay them anywhere near that sort of money. Uh, and he's got the, he has got security there, which no one else will give him. If he moves on, he'll probably move on for a year's pay as you play deal. What is there in that for him? You know, it's... It, you know, when you're saying, is he, is he happy just to sit in the background and, and uh, take his money? Well, at his age, given the fact it's probably the end of his career and how uh, injury-prone he is, I would say yes. Because it goes, you know, there's no point in having personal pride if you're going to move to, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, a first or second division team uh, and uh, get lumps kicked out. Yeah, you'll be injured within a month. Um, and, and then you'll not be getting paid for the rest of your, so your career's effectively over. So I think if he moves, it's, there's potentially his career will be over very quickly. So I don't think he's going anywhere. And I think you can't blame James McCarthy for that. That's our fault. We gave him a, a ridiculous deal, and now he's taken advantage of that situation. And I think we'll still be talking about him potentially in a couple of years' time. This is the thing. I mean, now, if you look at it, Paddy, over seven seasons not including this campaign, obviously, over seven seasons. If you look at the minutes that he's played, it's the equivalent of eight games of football a season over seven years. And by the way, this is a guy who played a lot of football as a young guy. I mean, he was playing with Hamilton at 16, played 450 games, but the vast majority of that was within that first period of his his career. Uh, If you then look at the fact he's only played something like 57 times since then. But yeah, it's a strange situation for James to find himself in. If it was me, I'd be looking for a a wee deal somewhere sunny. I would just go somewhere sunny and sit on the beach (laughs) and uh, play a couple of games of football now and again. Um, But again... On the one on the one side, we're saying, well, look at all that bags of experience that Joe Hart's got. I would be looking at James and thinking, well, I still want you to be at the club if you're on under contract, you're not moving on, and I'd still try to utilise them in some way, James. How do you do it? Are, are you able to to help the, the B team? And I don't mean as a player, but are you able to help the B team players with the experience of James McCarthy? I think guys like that with, with, wealths, uh, with a wealth of experience, you've just got to utilise them if they're not going to play Utilise them a different way. Yeah, I don't think he can be utilised on the on the playing field as you mentioned. 
Uh, having an experienced head in goals is much different to an experienced head in the midfield because he just doesn't really have the legs anymore. Um, I think most of his starters starts with a came in that first season anyway. I remember he started the one over Betis in the Europa League. Yeah. The team we fielded that day was... I'm astounded that we somehow got the result in that game with Galicia, Uruguides and Soro in the midfield and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think when you have the experienced players around the club, they'll be you'll be looking for them to maybe do a job with the B team, help them out down there. As much as we've criticised the jobs for friends late the um, way the club's been run lately, you have to sort of feel sorry for him. He's not been able to play much football. He was supposed to get the move to Sunderland in January, I'm pretty sure. I think that was a permanent transfer, but that fell through because of, you guessed it, another injury came up. I'm not sure how he got the injury. It must have been in training. But what age is he? Is he 32? Check that out. I think he is 32, I think he is. I thought it was 32. 32, yeah. yeah. He's 33 in November. Yeah, 32 is no age for a footballer to retire as well. He'll be thinking he can still do our jobs somewhere as well and if he wants to keep his playing days going then so be it but with the injuries hampering him I'm not too sure how to think it'll be it was a good point that you made that he, he broke through at such a young age that tends to hamper players later on in their career I think Wayne Rooney sort of moved over to America to play his football like very early 30s as well I'm certain I can't remember it was some footballer still playing now that I've read, I've read that Wayne Rooney's younger than it's it's crazy and he's imagine now like 38 so mm-hmm. it might be a mistake giving him that much game time at the start of his career but I'd imagine he'd still want to keep playing if he still he wanted to get the transfer in January it was just the injury meant it fell through so if you can try and get him out that would probably be the best move because not only the wages he's on but because he's not going to get games playing the same. Slightly off topic, uh, uh, Paul John. Uh, did you see uh, uh, you talk about going somewhere sunny? Did you see Jordan Henderson, who obviously you know went to Saudi Arabia not for the money, but you know uh, for for a fresh challenge? They were playing in front of nine hundred and fifty-seven people uh, <laughs> the other day, uh, and that is, I think, uh, it was English boys coming on. I think the, the 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 worst team in the English league has an average attendance of eleven hundred. Uh, and, and all uh, variations of the league. Um, so much like Jota, you know, you need to be uh, careful what you wish for. Uh, and again, the Jota thing—I I, I imagine we've discussed that. But you know, I don't—I don't imagine um, uh, Frank McAvaney. Uh, I think it was the one that was everyone was quoting saying uh, he heard he's coming back. But um, yeah, I find that difficult to believe. Um, but uh, what a shambles! You know, going somewhere sunny isn't always the answer either. No, John, it's a good point, and because I, I made the point a couple of weeks ago there with regards to the St. Rock's game, um, that we're involved in, in a way, with regards to the Celtic select side, that St. Rock's will be playing for the centenary match up at James McGrory Park, and we were pulling together the, 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 the players for the Celtic team, and they sold out 800 tickets. And I, I made the point that there was two games in the Saudi Pro League that weekend that had sold less than the 800 tickets that we're going to be up at the Rock game. Yeah. Um, so twofold, I was saying it to, to say well done to St. Rock's because that was an amazing achievement and it was all done, physical tickets, no online sales. Every single ticket was sold up at the park um, in person. And secondly, yeah. like you say, a cautionary tale. I mean, go over there for the money, but does it derail your career? I can see guys doing it at the end, the tail end of their career for a payday. Absolutely. You don't yeah. get testimonials these days. Uh, away you go. But it, 
you know, the younger guys might derail their career. I wish Jot all the best. I, I would love to see him back, but I don't I don't yeah. see it happening. I really don't. Yeah. I don't see it happening. But it, it also brings did, up did you, thing. Did you ask, sorry, Paul John, did you ask uh, uh, James McCarthy whether he played for the select team? Not yet, but I'll tell you this. <laughs> the big <laughs> announcement last night, of course, was uh, John Clark, the Lisbon Lion, will be part of the management team. He will be in the dugout. It's quite surreal to even announce it. So that, that was a massive announcement last night. There's a few other players, uh, John, that through various contacts, they've come back to me and says, I might have an opportunity for this guy or I might have an opportunity for that one. So there's a few surprises. I'm not saying McCarthy's going to be running out on the park. But there's a few surprises still to come. Um, and it's going to be a great day as well. But in talking about James McCarthy, it takes us on to that subject, the Celtic players who are not contributing. It's one of the biggest bugbears of mine. And I just think we're in a situation now where it's not our fault. You want to have a big squad because you want to compete for four tournaments. We know in terms of Europe, you know, the likelihood of winning a European trophy, any European trophy is pretty slim. But you want to compete in four tournaments, so you need a big squad. But then you've got this big squad, and season on season, there's half a dozen players who never play. They're completely non-contributing players. And some of them, and I'm not writing them off, by the way, Paddy, um, completely, because some of them are new, but some of them appeared against their United in the testimonial for Michael Muffet last weekend. So who was it now? Mikey Johnson was playing, Kwon, Kobayashi, Tilio. Yeah, And it was quite refreshing to see because they need games, but there's no way that you can give them games in the B team, ordinarily. Uh, but there was a story running yesterday about Duncan Ferguson, who's taken over at the Inverness Cali Thistle job, and he says he's spoken to Brennan Rogers about helping him out for with, with a few players. Um, if that's the case, that's the type of player, you know, maybe Kobayashi. I don't know if it could ruin him, I don't know. But you want players who are not playing to go and get game time. And it's not always just the young guys. I want Vata in my squad. I don't want to loan him out. I want it to be an option. Yet, somebody like Quan, someone like Mickey Johnson, who's no played, you know, get them out on loan and give them game time that way. Can you see Mickey Johnson rocking up at Inverness and playing in his first division after his season they had in the, the Portuguese league? Do you know what I mean? I just can't. I just can't see it. I mean. Johnson had a great season there and he ended up getting capped for Ireland. I just I think if you offered him to go to Inverness, he would tell you where to stick it, if I'm honest with you. Um Quan what's the Is that the same now? as getting sent to Coventry? Is it kind of similar to getting <laughs> sent to Coventry? Getting sent to Inverness. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean I'm not I, I'm I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Inverness, of course I'm not, but what I'm trying to say is Michael Johnson came back f- from Portugal with aspirations of making it in the Celtic team. Unfortunately, yeah. well, he, he got a he got a new contract and then he got injured. Um, unfortunate, just one of the things. But he was very adamant when he came back. That was his main aim. Now, if you're going to sit there, uh, if we're going to sit here and say, well, maybe we should send Inverness, what message does that send out to him? You've not got a chance, mate. You've you've come back for nothing. So, whether he, whether he could make it in that in our team or no is, is probably up for debate. But and I, I kind of like Johnson anyway. I, I like to see young boys come up into the first team. But there's just that much competition now. And then if you're talking about sending Quan, why spend the whole summer chasing him? If you're going to send him to, if you're going to send him to the, 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 the Scottish first division to go and learn these trades when he's what 24, 23, I think Quan is. Mm. So he's not exactly a young boy. I I agree, he needs time. But why send a new sign and you've spent all summer chasing, spending a million pound on, and put him on loan to Inverness Cali Thistle? Doesn't it make sense to me? Um, if it was up to me, I would I would be sending young boys. I took a wee note of players that I would send 
I would say um, Mitchell Frame and Joey Dawson for some game time. Va, I, Joey Dawson, mark. yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Va, I've got a question mark. And the only reason I've got a question mark is there's no point in sending him on loan if his contract's up in six months' time. Um, because he, what, what, what good is that to us? It's no good to him either. We're developing or sending a player to get developed for another player to, another team to benefit for that. So yeah. if he said a new contract, I would send him. That's the three I would send. Um, because we're woeful at bringing through young players, absolutely woeful at it. Uh, and they, they three, there's, there's another one that I can't remember who it is, but they three for me are probably the ones with the most um, in potential that, that, that could benefit from going to a team like uh, Inverness. I, I think if you are sending the likes of Cohen and Kobayashi uh, to Inverness with Duncan Ferguson as the manager, <laughs> I mean, the culture value of that. Uh, you know, even the translator wouldn't know what he was talking about. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that aside, that's the kind of thing you do when you're trying to manage someone out the door. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's that's very much not... To me, that doesn't sound developmental. No. That just sounds like, I tell you what, lads, listen, we just really want you off the books at this point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think absolutely agree with what uh, Harry said there. Uh, it's the younger guys that need to be going out there who can really see some development, get game time that's going to benefit is the guys, you know, like Kwon and Kobayashi. Kobayashi needs strength. It actually might, something like that, but not at Inverness, but something like that might, you know, in, a, you know, in the Premier League might benefit Kobayashi because we need him to get, just get stronger and more aggressive. Kwon, we don't need him to get stronger and more aggressive. You know, we need him to back up his skills, but he is one of these guys uh, that James was talking about before. We're never going to see him play. I don't even understand why we signed him because unless Callum McGregor is out injured, we're never going to see him yeah. because he's behind Callum McGregor. He's behind the Wata. Um, you know, I, you know. I'm trying to think of the list of players there he's behind, but he's at least for yeah, choice. I mean, and that's just, an yeah, to home. Yeah, so, yeah. You know that that's he's now fourth choice in that position. When are we ever going to see that boy play? Why did we even sign him? You know, this is... It makes you wonder, John. Was, it does make you wonder. Yeah. yeah. Because we, we were talking about this before, about Ange signing people for a specific purpose. And now we just... It, we, it was so sort of sporadic, the signing over the summer. We were just signing people for the sake of it. It was when they ever going to fit in. When are they ever going to see them play? What was the point? You know? The thing so, with Quan, I, I just remember back to the second leg of the, the pre-season tour being in South Korea. We signed Yang. Um, and I'm not saying he's been signed... To, to help that transition. But he, he doesn't look as though he's close to playing first-team football, John. But th- this begs the question. People meant in the comments maybe saying, send them to Inverness if you're off your head. Yeah, but it does show you that there's nowhere else you can really... There's no much else you can do with a player if they're not contributing. They can't play in the B team. Um, if you loan them out, you've, I think you've got to be very, very careful as to who you loan them out to if you want to bring them back, that is. Um, because obviously you want to give them a situation where they're going to a team that plays not the same brand of football, but a style of football, rather than you, you won't send a winger to a team who's basically defending for 90 minutes because they're not going to learn anything. Um, and as you said, John, what a culture shock it would be for Kobayashi and Kwon to go up and work with Duncan Ferguson. Um, I threw it out to you earlier on, James. What's your thoughts? Do you go more down Paddy's line of let's get some games into young guys' legs. Let's get some competitive games into guys who ordinarily would be playing B-team football for us. Yeah, for about a year now on the podcast, I've been wanting more game time for the B-team players. However, 
we do it because you're looking at things like the homegrown quota and the amount of players that we sign for decent money that are getting left out of the team. Why do not start building up our own sort of players? And I think with some of the names that have been mentioned, your Kobayashi's, your Coans, I think game time is what they need because they're, they're both under 23. They're both at the age where they need game time to develop because they're not going to get any better sitting on the Celtic bench. They're going to be the same player that was playing in the summer and looked shaky. They're not going to magically just get better at nobody. They need a loan spell. And I think whether it be to a league abroad or even here, I think there's been a couple of loan spells with Celtic players going out to other Scottish teams that have worked in recent years. Do you think about your Christopher Ayers? Do you think about your Ryan Christie's? Um, those are the sort of players that could do quite well. I think, was Ayer playing for Kamarak in that sort of defensive midfield role? I think if yeah. you could ship Kwon to another one of those teams, it could perhaps benefit his game because I was worried when I saw we signed him from the Korean second division anyway because I'm not too sure how high the standards are of that league but it seems like Scottish football is going to be a bit of a step up from so I think you've got to loan them out you've got to they've got to get game time somehow Liam Scales prime example Liam Scales went out and he's now a guy who is competing and as I said at the weekend um, you know if everybody's fit, I don't think he drops out. So that, again, is the latest example of it. I've got to thank everybody. Loads more to talk about, but we'll come back to it tomorrow, as always, at 12.30. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. In the comments section, a good thousand of you coming out on a Wednesday afternoon. Um, and I've got to thank John Hughes, Paddy Sinnott, and James McKenzie for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network.